Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So we have an amazing guest today, Veronica Williams. Welcome, Veronica, to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, Britta. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Veronica co-founded the Veteran-Owned Alliance Seminars Coaching Faith-Based Organization. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay, good. She leverages her life experiences to provide coaching services, motivational speaking, and certified workshops. Alliance Seminars Coaching shares strategies and skills to strengthen personal and professional relationships through collaboration. She's dedicated to equipping today's women for tomorrow's challenges. She empowers single and married woman, women excuse me, through workshops, retreats, conferences, and roundtables. She connects with others through her life journey for overcoming various life encounters. So Veronica, um, I just told the audience a little bit about what you are and who you, or who you are and what you do, excuse me. Um, but can you just add to that and just introduce yourself to the audience and in, in your own words? <laughs> yes. In addition to what you have stated, I am also a minister and um, master certified life coach. That's awesome. Um, I'm a mom of yeah. three. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I've been married um, for 25 years. Wow. That's amazing. Congrats. That's an accomplishment, right? 25 yes. years. That's a big number. That's awesome. Big number. That is. Yeah. What a blessing. Um, and your kids, are they spread out in age? Are they young, younger? Are they teens? How old are well, they? Yes. Well, now my kids are older. I have um, my oldest son is in his second year in college. And I have twins that are juniors in high school. Yeah. So I've kind of reached that age where I've gone through all of the 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 growing pains of all of the developmental. um, And with um, teenagers, there's a new challenge, but oh, for sure. I don't, I'm not too far of remembering how it was. Oh, you know, and rearing young ones. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, yeah, everybody, when I talk to people and they're like, oh, this stage is so challenging, you know, this developmental stage is so challenging. And and I hear that a lot from moms and I'm like, I feel like they're all, they all are challenging in their own way, right? Like you have certain challenges in infancy and, you know, newborn phase and as, as tiring as the newborn phase is, it's like my favorite phase. Like, I just love a newborn baby. I have a seven month old now he's getting into everything. And I'm just like, I mean, it's so awesome to watch, but my kids, they have like obnoxiously strong, gross motor skills. So he's pulling himself up on furniture already. And I'm like, he's seven months. I'm not ready for this. And his brothers (laughs) walked so early that I'm like, oh, it's coming. And I'm just not ready for this. So I'm in a very like, exhausted stage of life so that's the challenge you know and then you go through the twos and the threes and I think the threes are more challenging than the twos you know what I mean and then every new developmental phase I feel like just has different challenges they're just different right like so all a blessing definitely all challenges too but when you and I were talking um the last time we had spoke on the phone 
we just had such a good conversation about like different things. And you and I were talking about like how moms can be an inspiration and model that in their homes. And I just loved your response to that. So if we could kind of just start there tonight and, you know, talk to moms about how they can model that inspiration in their homes. Wow. I don't really remember. (laughs) But I believe moms can um, model an inspiration um, in their um, in their home by number one, taking care of themselves. Yeah. Um, and making sure that they um, are doing what it takes to feel um, their value mm-hmm. and their self-worth. Yeah. And what they do as being mom, because mom really has a lot of roles. Um, And it seems like mom's life is the one that's pulled the most. And in some cases, um, um, over the years, that's what I found. But it's it's minimal for dads because they also have that. But um, you're an inspiration by how you model your joy Mm. um, and your happiness. Um, to your children and you also inspire them by um, making what they're what the child is learning exciting you know Um, whether it's when you're reading and telling stories um, Mm -hmm. from a book perspective right um, when you're doing um, animated ways to do it yeah Um, I just remember um, my daughter was not even a couple of months old. Mm-hmm. And I recall um, putting on makeup and mm-hmm. she was sitting in her um, chair. Yeah. And my husband and I recognized, do you see how she's staring at you? She yeah. really sees what she's doing. Yeah. Now, mind you, she's a baby, but she yeah. was just admiring her mom. Like, mm-hmm. So... When you discover that your child admires you, because we yeah. really don't know how they do and um, how they discover what they like about us or anything like that. But for me, in that case, it was modeling it and sort of going to her and playing like I was putting it on her and she loved yeah. it and she was laughing. And she was smiling. Aww. But um, I think just showing inspiration through the things that you do mm-hmm. um, with resilience. And I think that is the key in inspiring your children. Like no matter how difficult, how hard, how challenging things are, um, having the end result of having resilience to get through the tough times Mm -hmm. and those tough moments, Mm -hmm. I think that is a key part of inspiring our children and a a great takeaway that Mm -hmm. is a life lesson of resilience um, when they are growing through the various stages, whether it's with walking or learning a new task or discovering something new, but teaching them how to have the resilience with the mindset of not giving up. Go ahead and tackle it. It it seems hard, but you can do it. Yeah. You know, um, it's like when they learn how to walk Mm -hmm. and they fall down, don't be so quick to jump 
over there because right. we are we're we're so nurturing as moms we're mm -hmm. so um uh we try to fix everything yeah but sometimes let's see like you were talking about your son mm -hmm. uh, or your baby is uh pulling up at seven months old yeah. allow them to do that don't sure. go yeah. and interrupt it because what happens is a lot of times our interruption can be um hindering point yeah. very hindering can mm -hmm. be the hindering point of them learning and having the self-confidence to do something sure. new and yeah. to do something that's difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people with my, with my oldest sons, I I've had people tell me to like, Oh, just give them like a little, don't push them hard. Just push them down. Don't let them do that. And I'm like, if they're ready developmentally, they're going to do it no matter, you know, and you're just going to bother them by, you know, like if I just went over and stopped them from doing what they were, were wanting to do and what they're ready to do, then they're going to put up a fuss, right? And a stink because you're hindering them and you're hindering a part of their development. I thought about something when you were talking about like resiliency, even through like the hard times. I, you know, modeling is our kid's greatest teacher. So whatever you choose to model right? Whether it's good or bad, you're going to, that's what's going to show up in your kids and in your home, right? So like, I was thinking about like, a lot of people don't allow their kids to see like their struggle. And I was thinking about when you were saying like, even through like the good, of course, we don't have to give all of our kids the nitty and gritty details, like, because we shouldn't all the time do that, right? But watching, allowing our kids to watch us grow and become resilient through those things is an inspiration too. And, um, I was just thinking of that, as you said that I was like, that's just so beautiful, right? Like that. Yes. Like I think it's a disservice if we act like we have this perfect life and, you know, we are doing all these things perfectly to our children. And then we're never like modeling what, you know, going through a struggle actually is because, you know, you can have a go through a difficult period where you're maybe not as happy or joyful because we go through certain things in motherhood, right? Or I mean, just as humans, and then our kids can see us come back from that or like work to, you know, like, I'm not giving up, like you said, and I'm going to push through this and I'm going to work to be my best self, to take care of myself, because this is important. And you're modeling those, you know, those values and, and those skills. And it's really important to do that. And I just think that that's really beautiful. So, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you're exactly right. Because I think what happens is when our children see us as perfectionists, mm -hmm. they become perfectionists. For sure. Yes. And they live up to um, our expectations mm -hmm. that become a challenge as they grow older. Yeah. So we have to let our children um, know that we're not perfect. I even had to let my children know that it's okay. You're going to everything is not going to come out perfect as we want it to be. Yeah. We're not designed that way. Right. Um, and let them know that mistakes happen, but what are we going to learn from it? Right. And what, how can we do better at it the yeah. next time? 
Um, I know we are so hard on our children. We, but sometimes they need it. But in some cases, they need us to allow them um, space to grow. Mm-hmm, and sure. we all grow and learn in in the mishaps that happen in our life. Whether yeah. it's um, not or are the in the imperfectness of things that happen in our life. Yeah. You were talking about earlier um, how like we always want to fix things for our kids. And I was thinking about that too. Like as you were saying it, it's one thing that I tell moms, like you can't always show up and try to like fill in the gaps and fix things. You have to let them fall on their face sometimes because they learn. It's a hard thing to do, right? But like I mean, not literally fall on their face, but I mean, if if you even think a baby learning how to walk, they fall over and, you know, like you can't catch them every time, right? <laughs> you can't, like, it's just hard. So it's like, you have, you have to let it happen. And of course it breaks your heart a little. You're like, oh, you know, but like, you have to let it happen because that is how they learn sometimes is like, you can't always save them from every little thing they have to be able to learn life's lessons and that's not saying like making them learn like these really awful hard tough life lessons I'm just saying like there's just certain things where we can't fix everything for our kids we have to allow them to solve their own problems we can give them the skills to teach them right like to solve the problems but we have to not fix everything for our kids it's a disservice when we do that to them right Yes, you're exactly right. And what happens is the key lesson out of all of it is not so much when they're in our home, mm-hmm. but when we allow them to make mistakes and discover how the tools to repair whatever it is, yeah. mm-hmm. that is what's going to help them for life lessons, for sure. life experiences, um, when they're not in our presence. That's yeah. That's why it's key to um, to model inspiration mm-hmm. so that they realize that it's not the end of the world if something doesn't go my way. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're teaching them tools that are life lessons for various phases in mm-hmm. their life um, as they continue to grow and blossom into um, the adult that they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and you were talking about like being a perfectionist and I, I say I'm a recovering perfectionist cause I lived in that for so long. Um, and I can tend, I can tend to go back there like in my head because I lived that for so long, like out of habit, I'm like, Oh, the house has to be like this, but I have three little kids. Okay. If you think the house has to look like this with three little kids, who's this going to make miserable me, <laughs> right? Because like they, you know, like I have this standard, but I'm like, okay, you have to like, let go a little bit too. You have three little kids, six and under. So the house is not going to be like this immaculate, like picture house right now. It's just not Mm -hmm. possible. So like, that's just a little silly, like in like perfection thing that I have to let go. But like, sometimes I get in my head about stuff and I learned something a few years ago, which it sounds very similar to perfectionism, but it isn't. It's like, you strive for excellence. And I learned to strive for excellence instead of perfectionism because excellence, like striving for excellence and showing up as your, like showing up as your best, Mm 
is looks different every single day. So today my best might be like getting out of bed, having leggings on, getting all my laundry done and making sure I make dinner. And my best tomorrow might be doing a hundred things, right? Like it's, that might be my best because it's, you know, where I am and where my buckets are too. Do I need to take a day for self-care or, you know, like obviously at this stage of my life, I don't take a day for self-care. It's just not, a whole day is just not in my, in my, um, it's not, it's not, it's just not happening for me right now. I do usually in the fall go on a retreat for a weekend, which is very rejuvenating for me, but um, but you know, like just taking a day or an hour or something, it just looks different every single day. Um, and okay, I'm striving for excellence today. What does that look like? How can I be my best today? And it looks different every day. Of course, I want to do all the things every day and like, think that like I'm superwoman, but that puts you in burnout. Right. And that means you're not taking care of yourself. And that's a very slippery slope for moms because we need to recharge you're absolutely correct we do have to recharge so Mm -hmm. um one of the things that I do like to say though we can take time each day at least 30 minutes Mm -hmm. you know an hour at depending on the ages of your children is a stretch um and if you're working Mm -hmm. but it is important to take a um, 30 minute break in between at some point to recharge. Um, I found um, one of the things that I did when my children were young is that I changed my work hours. Mm. Um, Say the daycare didn't close to six Mm o'clock, but I got off at four o'clock or four 30 that allowed me 30 minutes towards my area of uh, where I lived. And it allowed me to go home, refresh, start dinner, oh, nice. and um, be at the daycare. Because, you know, we, we get off work and we want to go pick the kids up right away. Yeah. I had to learn, like, you get off, you need to go do some things in mm-hmm. between to help you recharge Ooh. and I never forget I took uh, my supervisor and I went to a conference yeah and one of the things that they had talked about is having time in between going home and just starting everything yeah so one of the things they talked about is that going home when you get off work and you're going home mm-hmm. it's a good routine to start where if you can to immediately, you know, try to take a shower, mm-hmm. or if you don't get to do that, change the clothes that you've worked in all day. Yeah, because you have all this stuff from everything. Yeah, um, you know, in the air or which mm-hmm. the chair you were sitting on, like change your clothes. Maybe take a shower if you have time. Yeah, um, to recharge. Maybe you just have time to wash your face to refresh. Um, and then start the activities or the task of the day, whether it's making dinner, whether it's going to pick up the children, whether it's, um, you know, 
doing the same thing for the kids, especially when they were babies, like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get myself together. But first of all, what I did is I got myself together and then I got them together. We all changed clothes. We all <laughs> had a refreshed um, look and it actually calmed the yeah. kids down. Yeah. They're not so um, anxious and hyper right away. Mm -hmm. But it allowed me to be able to be in a relaxed mode of getting dinner together. Yeah. And then getting um, them ready to eat dinner. Yeah. So finding a, a routine that works best that gives you um, some transition time mm -hmm. is very helpful. Yeah. Um, and if you can even squeeze in 15 minutes before picking up the kids, that's fine too. Even yeah. if you just can't, you can't resist, just go and just sit in the parking lot for at least 15 minutes just to kind of refresh your mindset. Yeah. Um, to refuel the thought processes to get ready for the next task that's going to have you running <laughs> up yeah. until bath time. Yeah. Or, um, or either homework time. Right. So you, you really have to do that. And um, it's all, you know, so... Now we're all working remote and we have to pick up the children or the children come home at a certain hour and we're yeah. still working. But getting in a routine that allows everyone to know that before we get started in our in our our evening, mm -hmm. let's all take some adjustment time. Yeah. Um, even with the kids. Sometimes, you know, we want to feed them right away. Like I just give them a snack. Yeah. Wash their face, wash their hands, change yeah. their clothes. You may not get the shower right away early, you know, right. before you normally do, but do those things mm -hmm. and then add in a snack and then allow them some downtime themselves. Whether it's mm -hmm. playing for about 10 to 15 minutes yeah. to get into the mode of the, the, the evening and the, the hustle bustle of the rest of the day. But I think it's important um, to incorporate transitional time mm. into the evening task and yeah. um, make it a segue into it um, because we get so in, in it where everything just rolls all into one yeah. and then we are exasperated we are exhausted we can't we don't know if we're going to lose our mind in the midst of um, some interruptions and some distractions yeah. but it preps you for those moments that may be um, some distractions or that may require your time a little more, yeah, you're more refreshed to handle those things. I think that's another way mm -hmm. of inspiring the children to realize that we don't always have to rush, yeah, but learning how to just take some transitional time. I love that, um, yeah. Um, and I never even really thought about like taking that transition time, like in the afternoon, like before the night starts. Um, and, you know, transitions are big for us in my house because I have a special needs guy, my oldest, who is going to be seven in February. He has ADHD and he has high anxiety, extremely highly intelligent. Not saying that because he's my kid. When you get the testing done for neuro um, divergent children or people, they test all the things. And one of them is IQ and he's very high intelligence. 
So, which goes hand in hand, usually with high anxiety, they told me, but so like he struggles really bad with transitions. It doesn't like from an outsider looking in, you wouldn't be able to tell that necessarily. And it comes out behaviorally in a lot of ways, you know, um, but he struggles with transitions. So like allowing for transition time, like if we're leaving a place or like we're changing tasks or something, I always try to be like, okay, like Jack, like we have, you know, whereas like maybe I would tell my second born, you know, we're leaving in 10 minutes or five minutes. I try to be like, Jack, you know, we're staying until this time we're going to leave in a half an hour, you know, to just kind of give him that extra time because the transition is harder for him. Um, It doesn't always happen, right? Because sometimes it's just out of our control, but I do try to like be aware of that and like be compassionate towards that, you know, as a struggle for him. So like just having that like transition period when he gets home from school and like just transition and just kind of recharging to go into the evening, I think would help with like what I like to call our witching hour, (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So that's, I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try that. Um, because I take, you know, that time and I have to remind myself to take that time. You know, Uh, one thing for moms is like all the hype is self-care these days. And People get so like, ah, self-care and, you know, roll their eyes and like, how do moms like, you know, be able to take care of themselves? And you often hear like from moms that, you know, I'm on the back burner, like everybody else gets taken care of first. And, um, you know, and from, I'm a Christian. So like from a Christian standpoint, um, I was just writing about this in a paper just the other day that I had to write for, I'm in grad school for marriage and family therapy. And so I'm a student therapist. And one of the things to wrap up the semester I had to do is write a self-reflection and self, like a self-awareness and self-care. Like it was a a paper about what am I going to do to be strong in these areas? Right. And one of the things I was talking about was that that's always the argument from like the Christian um, perspective is like, you know, all throughout the Bible and all throughout scripture we're told to, you know, selfless, like be selfless, put others first and, you know, like do all these things. But I'm like, you know, my argument through that was like where that's true, right? There are these scriptures. And I did quote some, like even Jesus had to sneak away and go to the garden to pray by himself because he needed to recharge. He knew he needed to do that in his human form. He, I think he was just better at like knowing, you know, when he needed to do that and when to put others first and like, okay, right now this is more important. Like, okay, because one of the stories is like he did sneak away to the garden, right? Or he wanted to. And then I don't remember like what exactly happened. Was it like feeding the 500 or or the, the fish? I'm butchering this right now because I'm tired. But, you know, anyway, but he was going to sneak away and he didn't because something else happened and it was more important and he had to address it and he had to put others first. And 
then he went and he snuck away to the garden. I just think, you know, back then, like you're, he's better at it than we are, (laughs) you know, like knowing when the appropriate times to do that is, but not putting yourself totally on the back burner and not pouring into your own cup. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And often as moms, we try to pour from an empty cup constantly. And so many moms are like, I just live in survival mode. There are times I think in motherhood where it's like almost impossible not to be in survival mode, but we're not supposed to live there. So many of us live there, you know, like when I was healing from surgery from my last baby, didn't have surgery for my others. I had a baby seven months ago. I was healing from surgery, had a toddler home. My husband went back to work after a week. It was just me and my toddler my mom and my baby. My mom was supposed to be here. I started a new semester for school that I tried to get out of, couldn't get out of it. I would have been kicked out of my program and I had gotten an infection um, from my surgery. So I was like, just went from, I can't do this. I need to like take this semester off because things didn't go exactly the way I had expected them to go to like, you have to do this because you're going to get kicked out of your program. And I was very much in survival mode and rightfully so there was nothing else like I could give at that time. I had to give to those things. And like, that was it, but you're not supposed to live there. Right. Like there was a time and I mean, it was, it was what I had to do at the time, but we have to, you know, I still had to make sure I was taking care of myself and like getting rest and like, so I could do all of these things as much as I could. Right. Like it's really important that we do that. And moms just are like, eh, you know, like I just got to do all these things and the house and the dishes, nobody's going to take care of them. You say for to let the dishes wait, but like, who are they going to wait for me later? You know? And like, they say all these things, but I think it's really important that like, we're always going to have things to do. You have to schedule that time. I mean, I'm not saying like super structure, schedule yourself in every day, like at one o'clock, I'm going to do this. If that works for you, then that's great. But some people are like, I just don't know when I'm going to have time. Maybe it's just something you have to like have in the back of your mind. I have to make time for myself today, even that 15 minutes, even a half an hour, Um, because if you don't, then that's why you're showing up in survival mode every day. And you're not showing up at your, as your best, not for anybody, not for the, the people that you're putting yourself, you know, ahead of you. And it's so good to serve our family and be selfless, but you're not showing up your best for anybody. You're just pouring into everybody from an empty cup. And that's just, it's not good for anybody. So excuse my ramble there, but (laughs) yeah, I like your analogy that you point, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. I love using that analogy. But what happens is, um, you know, survivor mode only leads to um, exhaustion. Yeah. Um, And and burnout, it Mm -hmm. leads to illness. Yeah. Um, One of the things we have to do as super super moms right yeah. we we, we want to be super mom we because we got it like that or we want to be that way yeah um I think when it comes to taking care of ourselves 
we have to remove the guilt. For sure. The guilt of taking time for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, as much as we have to give to our family, we sometimes have to sacrifice maybe getting up a little earlier than our family. Right. To prep for ourselves, to yeah. prep ourselves, to just feel, because when we're not taking care of ourselves, mm -hmm. we don't feel good. Right. We're, we're exhausted. We're not, we're not doing our best. As you have mentioned, yeah. we're not, we're not showing up our best. Yeah. And we have to realize what is that saying to our children? For sure. When we just look any old kind of way and we want to look, you know, um, a hot mess every day, yeah. always. We want to look like what we're going through. But one of the right. things is making sure you just take time, little time. Mm -hmm. um, it, it could be five minutes, 10 yeah. minutes, whatever you like, whether it's a sip of tea, whether it's um, just breathing, you know, mm -hmm. exercises. Um, sometimes um, life moves so quickly. There's a nice um, calming, it's called a calm app um, now that you can just go and take time to, it's five minute segments. Yeah. Just to learn breathing exercises to get mm -hmm. you ready for what's to come. Mm, I love that. Um, and just finding little things to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you, When it comes to um, putting others first, we have to look at it from the reality perspective in our home. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, if you're married, Mm -hmm. um, it's really great if we can have some shared responsibilities with our spouses. Yeah. I know one of the things that my husband helped me with is that he realized sometimes like she worked a full-time job. Mm -hmm. She's tired. Yeah. You know, let me ask, let me just call home and say, Hey, I was like, Oh no, I haven't started dinner yet. He said, well, what do you want me to, let me just pick up dinner. And then you just take care of that extra time to do whatever you need to do to not have to worry about dinner. Oh, nice. Or, um, you know, why don't you go take a break? You've had the kids all day. I see you're tired. Let me give them their bath, mm -hmm. you know. So I think we have to recognize as spouses, right, mm -hmm. how, how we might be able to help our our. our our spouse or maybe help the, our wife yeah. whose, whose primary responsibility may be that she's taking care of the kids most of the time you're there yeah but be a present asset mm -hmm. to the family yeah. um, let the kids see that dad is not so perfect either yeah. And that he can help. He can do some of mom's tasks too. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, that's one way of having shared responsibilities mm -hmm. to relieve moms from being in survival mode. Yeah. And it's another way of letting dads be cool. You know, mm -hmm. how would it, how would it feel as a mom that the kids say, oh, never mind. I want dad to do it. Because normally, <laughs> They offend dad by saying, oh, no, you can't do it. Mom's going to do it. Yeah. But how about just incorporating shared responsibilities? Mm -hmm. um, there's no particular role that we have to play. Sure. I think we just somewhat 
put them in, in order just because of what we've seen before us with our own parents, our own moms. But um, you have to sit down and discuss uh, what's going to work for your household. For sure. Yep. Another thing is, um, even in your case, you know, if you have a village, you have some friends yeah. that are home during the day too. Mm -hmm. How about, you know, trusted friends that really know, know you and really don't mind helping because they'll say, call me, you know? Yeah. Take them up on those offers to give yeah. you a break. Like if they don't do anything else, can you just come sit with the baby? Yeah. Why I go do a task. Um, yeah. Are Someone would call and you say, well, what are you doing? I'm very busy right now. I sure would like some help, you know, if you're not, if you're free mm -hmm. um, and it's okay. Can you just come do my dishes? I just don't have the bandwidth Aww. to do the dishes, you know? Yeah. Um, can you just come give me an hour or so to just go run to the grocery store to go run to uh, a couple of my errands because I really don't want to take the baby out. Not that it's cold outside or anything to make that an excuse, but just whenever. Yeah. So allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll find that you, that is going to energize you more mm -hmm. and give you the bandwidth to handle everything ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was some of the things that we used. I used my, I used my, my village. Mm -hmm. I, um, my husband was very, um, once he retired, he was very um, keen on my tiredness or he was, he didn't want me to feel like I was overwhelmed or I had all the responsibilities mm -hmm. and the burden on me. He would um, ask if he can assist. Yeah. And I think a lot of times dads don't help because mm -hmm. we don't ask them to help. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And dads don't like to change, you know, they want to be involved. And right. so we have to find ways to involve them. And I know um, this is just adding to what you have already said that would be helpful tools. Yeah. But even if you are a single mom mm -hmm. and you're doing it all, Use your village to help yeah. you because that's the only way you're going to have the bandwidth to get through the night, <laughs> yeah. to sleep well. Like if you can just come and watch the baby while I just take a two hour nap or a power nap, mm -hmm. that would be very helpful to me. Yeah. Um, if you can just come get the car seat and pick up my child from school while I can just kind of get things in order for that transitional time. When yeah. they come home, I can, I can get the graham crackers and the milk ready, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. a lot of times when our kids come home, they want to eat right away. They do. Yeah. We don't have time to put a snack together because it's like all last minute, you know, Right. Yep. but if we can prep that a little bit and mm -hmm. find ways and, and as you were talking with your son, you know, it's not easy for everyone to transition, but if we right. find ways and we, um, just guide them into some what transition looks like yeah and how helpful it is mm -hmm. i think that is going to be so um key mm -hmm. in balancing your home or putting yeah. some order to your home because mm -hmm. so often 
when the kids come, everything is in such a disarray. (laughs) But as they get older, use some of those little story, you know, the little uh, singing songs um, that if you use one toy, just go put it back over here in the toy bin or stick it to the side out of the way. So not so much that mommy won't trip over it, but that you won't trip over it later. Just move the ball over, you know? Yeah. So teaching them how to help as well, I'm yeah. pretty sure, you know, the kids really do want to help because that's teaching yeah. them how to clean up behind themselves. It's teaching them a lot of little um, life skills that are yeah. so subtle, but are so important for later on in life. Mm-hmm. And the earlier we teach those skills, the better, because sometimes people want to wait until their kids are like eight or 10 or like, hey, like I'm just waiting because they're just so little they shouldn't like be like you don't think they're capable right like and that's what it is and like you need to know what your kids are capable of and they're capable of a lot more like we do two things that are on very opposite sides of the spectrum as parents sometimes like we have way high expectations for the developmental age our kids are at on one end of the spectrum. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we do things for them that they're capable of doing themselves. So I like, you can see the vast difference in my oldest son who was home with me and just really does a good job of picking up. He does, he's a kid. So he can be oppositional about it sometimes and like, I just really don't want to, you know, and is a very kid thing to do. But for the most part, he just is really good at picking up. He will pick up, he'll do what I ask. My middle child, I say this with a lot of love, when we moved from um, New York to Michigan, he was home with me until he was like, 16 months, I think 16, 17 months. And I was teaching him to pick up and stuff, but he's still very young. And then he was home with my husband for a bit um, because my husband didn't work when we first moved back here and I went back to work. So, um, and then he ended up going to daycare and you can just see the difference of like, not like he does not like to pick up and it's still like a battle. Like Oliver, you have to pick up after yourself, you know, like If you take something out, you have to put it away. Like teaching him the skill, you can just see like the vast difference of, and I'm not like, I'm not saying that to like rag on my husband at all. It's just like, I was very intentional because I know the importance where it's just like, not something like, you know, for my husband, he's just like, oh, it's just easy to put the toys away. You know, it wasn't like an intentional thought, like, oh, we have to, you know, teach him how to do this, you know, like on an everyday thing where I'm always like, okay, what can they learn? What are they capable of? So, um, and my husband is super hands-on and we do have this really great, like team, um, family dynamic when it comes to him and I, like he, you know, I can leave the kids with him and go out with my girlfriends for a day. Does that happen all the time? No, but it's supposed to happen this Saturday. So as long as my kids are all healthy and well, like I'm like, well, I can, you know, totally, you know, it's not like it never happens. So it hasn't happened much with three, but (laughs) my baby is young still, but it will be the first time it will be like an all day experience with three where we'll have three at home and I'll go off and do my thing, but I'm excited. I'm not worried about it. You know, 
Um, and it's really awesome that I have, you know, a husband who is so willing to just be this, you know, partner to me at home. And it's not, you know, a hundred percent, like you do this and you do this and you do this. He does the bedtime routine with the kids because of his work schedule, um, what it was when we were in New York. If I put the Jack was our only, our oldest was our only child at the time. But if I put him to bed, he didn't see him for days. So, and that's what was happening. Like he was going to bed, but then he would get home and he would already be in bed and he would say, can you just keep him up? Because I want to see him. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but it is his bed. Like it's his bedtime. And you get to that, like a witching hour with this kid, you know, and he's like, I'll do the bedtime routine with him. So we were just talking through that. How is this going to work? Because it is a little bit past his bedtime. So he's like, I'll do the bedtime routine. Well, Jack's been used to that now for so long. I mean, he's going to be seven and he's been doing this with him since he was like two. Right. So like he's been doing it for so long that that's what Jack expects. If I, you know, if my husband had surgery last year on his knee and couldn't walk up the stairs um, and I did the bedtime routine for a few days. And I mean, the kids were just like the older kid, like, so like, oh my gosh, like we need dad up here <laughs> because they're just like, that's what they're used to. Like, that's what he does with them. We do books and stuff down here and pray and like do our thing. And then they go upstairs and he like tucks them in and like does their thing. And I'll go up there sometimes. That's like their special time together. um, And that's what works for us we've gotten some pushback or like, oh, you're so lucky because your husband is hands-on and da, 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 da. And I'm like, this is, you know, a part of what makes a happy family. People aren't, women aren't necessarily, maybe they're not talking about it a lot, but I mean, straight from my human development textbook, I have a degree in family studies. And one of the things is like, women are not happy when everything falls on their shoulders. They want a partner. It is comes down to not asking, right? Like, and not saying, because I think, you know, there are those very traditional, you know, old fashioned roles. And, and sometimes that's that mentality. But I think if we do ask, our partners are more willing, like it's more in our own heads, like, oh, what's the reaction going to be um, where we just don't take that next step. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that to hear that you are going to have a day out. You need yeah, to do that. I know um, when my children were young, that was one of the things that we did once a month. Hmm. Um, one Saturday a month, I could, I leave whenever I come back whenever. Awesome. Um, and I had to allow it to not just be one-sided. I had to do it for my husband too. I was going to say, yeah, I hope you- It yeah. was hard not to call. I don't know why, but we want to call them in their day. You know, we want to yeah. interrupt, but don't interrupt me. Yeah. But we have to do that. We have to make sure that what we do is shared, right? When yeah. we have a partnership and it's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. I know, um, I think people's perspective of- um, the, the uh, parents' roles between mom yeah. and dad are so different because For I know sure. sometimes just as simple as maybe running an errand, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And someone would say, where's the kids? I said, they're with their dad. Oh, he's babysitting? Right. No, no, he's at home with his children. He's not babysitting. And then that made me, and it made me, you know, think to myself, why is it when mom's home? Yeah. She's cooking. She's keeping the kids, right? And when dad's home with the kids, he's babysitting. And he's not, it's not a paid service. Right. So people's perspective mm -hmm. of how they view moms and dads are yeah. our parents, right? Um, and their role with the children is so different and it's so off off base sometimes. Yeah. Um I I just always found it very um interesting how that perspective was. But um we as moms have to trust our dads. Yeah, you know, I trust the kids' dads mm -hmm. to take care of them for sure. Uh, yeah, they're capable. The sideline, <laughs> you know, you don't, don't put them on the sideline. Right, um, you know, let them let them get in the game. Yeah, you know, let him let him show what he can do. Sometimes you have to kind of downplay what you can do, mm -hmm. so that they can rise up to the occasion to yeah. feel. Um, as though they're the fixers yeah. and that they're that they got it right. Yeah. And, and one of the things, and I'm pretty sure you 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 know, as moms, is let the dads or let our husbands do it their way. Yeah. Exactly. Don't go interrupt. It's a hard thing to learn. Yeah. But don't interrupt. Let him do it because guess what? That's the only way he's gonna learn how to do it right. Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't put the pamper on right. <laughs> Let the child have some accidents enough time right. with dad, mm -hmm. and dad will learn, like, oh, you know, just how they, you know, they'll find the right way to put yeah. it on. But let them learn, you know, we always want to interrupt and yeah. take over. Yeah. Um, so let them and they don't want to help. Way. <laughs> right, right. and some of them are eager to help but right. we don't give them the opportunity to help for sure so I I just love you know talking about it and I love how you have a great partnership yeah sometimes you really can't share how great your partnership is with others because right. there's not a lot of spouses out there yeah um, that are eager to partner with their spouses to help they're yeah. there if you need me, like, right? Do you really need me? <laughs> right. Are you sure? Yeah, I did. You really want me to do it? <laughs> but we have to just allow each other to balance it, and and why we have to let them help. The key point out of it is, yeah, that you don't lose who you both are yeah. as as husband and wife mm -hmm. or as spouses. Let's yeah. say it that way. Um. That's how you're going to continue to grow. Yeah. And you're going to have to continue to keep up the dating life, you know, mm -hmm. continue yeah. to use, you know, schedule some date nights in there. Yeah. Um, even if date night has to be in the home, but Great. be Absolutely. creative about it. Yeah. Um, you know, be um, aware of how you're going to handle it um, and go from there. I totally agree. That's so good. Um, Veronica, I could just sit here and talk to you all night because I just adore you. And I'm just so happy I know. <laughs> to hear having this conversation with you. But, um, if you could tell moms 
one, if you could give them one piece of advice or if there's something else that you'd like to share before we wrap up, um, because I don't want to take up any more of your time tonight. Um, what would, what would that thing be? If you could share one more thing with moms. I know you talk about self-care, but mm. I would like moms to discover what self-care is for them because yeah, it's also sure. individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even with that, when you begin to want to, um, you know, have the philosophy that you were talking about mm-hmm. by putting others first as moms, it is okay. I'm giving you the approval. I'm commissioning yeah. you. Yeah. It is okay to put yourself first. Yeah. But I want sure. you to do it guiltless. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the key things moms have to do is to do things um, for themselves without feeling the impact of guilt yes. that allows them to not do it. Yeah. Um, but remember that before you were a mom, you were an individual. Yeah. And so find ways of incorporating your new role as a mom. Yeah. And as to who you are and who you are has never changed. You're yeah. still that person, but you're becoming someone new. Yeah. So discover becoming a mom in your new reality mm-hmm. um, and do it guilt-free. Yeah. I think that's something that we don't really share a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, how about learning to do things for our our families? Yeah. Um, guilt-free. Yeah. Um, guilt uh, are putting ourselves first sometimes yeah. and not being on the back burner. I don't really like using that term. You used it earlier. Like we put ourselves on the back burner. And well, so often that is say to me and I'm like, oh no, I don't really like that either. We shouldn't be right. on the back burner. So you're never on the back burner, yeah. but I think when you feel that way yeah. as a, as a mom, um, in your new role as a mom, yeah. discover your value and your worth. Right. Um, as a mom, mm-hmm. there's nothing guilty about it. Yeah. Um, and embrace being that new you in a mom form, but mm-hmm. also um, continue to do the things that you like. Um, yeah. Sometimes if our um, spouses may not help us out. We may have to pay for those services. We may yeah. have to get a babysitter. Yeah. You know, we, we may have to them. take them to a, um, um, especially when you're working from home and you don't get a break, we may have to find daycares that have drop-in hours Yeah, for a couple of days out of the hour, out, out the day to get that breast. But learning, um, learning what works for you. For to sure. Always, you're not going to always feel your best, but do the things that help you to feel your best right? Um, and use the resources and the individuals around you Mm -hmm. um, to help you discover um, being a a mom of resilience and a mom that knows how to recharge. Yes, it's so important. Yes. Well, Veronica, I've just had such a great time with you this evening. Um, And you have Alliance Seminars that moms can look into, right? So that is at um, allianceseminars.org. And I will actually have that link posted for moms to 
um, go, you could just click right on the link and go there. It'll be in the description of the episode. And then Veronica also is a speaker, right? So her speaker hub is there and you can learn more about that. Um, I'll have that link posted as well in the description of the episode. Um, so I just thank you so much for your time tonight, Veronica. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Britta. It's been wonderful to be here. I thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. Well, you have a great evening. And until next time, moms, take care and God bless.